Folks, are you concerned about American K-12 through education? Are you worried about what your children or grandchildren are learning or not learning in school? So if you've answered yes, my friends at Hillsdale College have a free resource for you. You've heard me talk about how Hillsdale College understands the importance of education to the future of our country. And now they're offering you 10 free print copies of their recent issue of Imprimus, entitled Education as a Battleground, written by Hillsdale College President Larry P. Arn. This special issue provides a factual account of the issues in the ongoing going battle over education and why parents and teachers, not bureaucrats or activists, should guide what our children learn. With Hillsdale College, you can make a difference in your community by distributing these copies of Imprimus to your community. Don't miss this opportunity to arm yourself with the facts. Claim your 10 free copies of Education as a Battleground by visiting Dana4FORHillsdale.com. That's Dana4Hillsdale.com. Act today and join the battle over education for our country's future. That's Dana4Hillsdale.com. Well, Brian, if you are confused, you understand the situation perfectly. Ten ten days ago, we were led to believe that our skies are clear. And now, all of a sudden, we've got uh, spy balloons and unidentified objects raining down on us like confetti. Um, We have had one briefing by... I'll say junior members of the Intelligence Committee. We're going to have another one today at 10 o'clock. So that's Senator Kennedy. And he's talking about those, the briefing, which we're going to talk to another senator, Josh Hawley, later on in the program. They're having a a briefing about all of this coming up. uh, And maybe we'll get some more answers. I would love to have some more answers. It'd be great if we knew a little, because now everybody's saying that, well, no, maybe they weren't Chinese after all. I got questions. Welcome to the program. Dana Lash here with you. At the top of this very first hour this Wednesday. And it's a really weird news day. I'm trying to figure out why Nikki Haley's presidential announcement is getting like the VIP. We're going to live. We're going to take everything live treatment. We're going to jump into some of that because I know that as much as you hate it, I do have to tell you that the the primary and the election of the whole process for 2024 is kicking off a hell of a lot earlier than we ever wanted it to. That is true. It is. It's, it's kicking off a lot earlier. And it's really just, I know, I'm going to try because people get tired of the campaigning and the electioneering and all of that stuff. And I totally get it. There's some things in play because I, th- I do think and I was having this conversation yesterday. I really do feel as though this is one of the singularly most important elections of a lifetime. And I was I, I've been kind of I'm, I'm considering sort of a deep dive. I, as I've been telling you, I've been there's a couple of things that I'm looking at and doing a deep dive on. But. I, there's a lot of things in play that are very odd and make a lot of people uncomfortable, whether it's, you know, internationally foreign policy, when you look at domestic issues, such as the economy, our border, just our, our ability to be self-sustaining when it comes to even producing our own food and our own energy, all of this. There's a lot of things to be concerned about. And it does really feel as though 2024 could be the very edge of, are we going to go over it or are we not going to go over it? Because so many things have been building up to this point that it is it seems that you're past the, the point of no return. And so I think there's a, an increase in attention on these election moves, these office moves 
very early on. And that's the only thing I can think of that's that's contributing to this. Because normally, you know, people make these moves and they always I mean, I guess we're just done with exploratory committees because usually that's what, you know, ended up ends up happening is that, you know, we have these exploratory committees formed and it prevents you know these these candidates from having to answer everything to the FEC right away. Now we're just all right in it. And so Nikki Haley announced she kicked off that she's her her officially her uh, whole campaign today she's in south carolina and she made technically she made the announcement yesterday but the kickoff was today is now and and it's she's kicking out that's i feel like this is going to be a nasty dirty ridiculous primary and i am going to be very aggravated if republicans do all of the oppo work for democrats themselves and forget about joe biden and the reason why so many people want to run i mean we should never forget about the fact that you know we have a, a, a great deep bench of candidates. But I just, you know, there's a lot of things to, I, I, I feel, uh, because here's one thing I, I want to I point out. Whenever I talk about uh, politicians on this show, I am, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for because it's not my responsibility. I don't believe in welfare uh, advocacy. I think that when you have people who are in commentary who tell you what to do and tell you how to vote for, I feel like they misunderstand the relationship that commentators are supposed to have with their audience. And that's, that's not how I view it. And I definitely have certain things that I like about certain individuals. And I'm sure you have certain things that you like about certain individuals. But by and large, we hang out and we pass the time uh, by talking about all the people in politics that we dislike. That's kind of what you know, brings us together. It's you know, our, our thing. But I also think, too, that I never want to fall into the pit that I see the left unable to get out of where any disagreement with a politician's moves or someone's statement is a, is a, is a judgment on someone else's own personal judgment. Because ultimately, when you get behind a candidate, you're making a personal judgment. And I, you know, I totally understand that you're making a judgment about this particular candidate, you think that they are going to be best for this particular role. And you are putting your support behind that candidate. And it is very much a judgment for you. And people don't want to feel as though their decision making skills are being called on the carpet. And so I want to make sure that whenever going forward, and whenever we're looking at all of these, you know, because I think it's going to be a crowded field, whenever we're looking at all of these individuals, that the discussion of this is not calling judgment on the carpet, but we are going to evaluate the pros and cons of, of every single person that throws their hat in the ring. I am not a party animal. And I, I, and I know that those who've listened for, to me for a while understand that. I am so not a party animal because a lot of times the party gets in my way. And as a result, I get frustrated. I don't feel as though they are as conservative as I would like for them to be. They are not as constitutionalist as I would like for them to be. I am very much a constitutionalist candidate, and I'm very much kind of a political orphan, uh, a conservatarian. I've been saying this for 10 years now. To that point, I understand the strategy in going for different party members. But I think that this, this means that when we talk about these candidates and we evaluate their merits and their faults, I'm doing so from a very ideological standpoint. My whole purpose 
when I look at the political field is I am looking at it as a chessboard and I want to win. What get what gets me to that point of winning? How am I best going to be able to win and with what candidate or with what issue, et cetera, et cetera. That is exactly how I look at this. I don't look at I don't look at it the way a lot of these K Street and newbie K Street, because there's now a new conservative establishment. I don't know if you realize this or not, but they're very much absolutely is a new conservative establishment. And interestingly enough, they're some of the loudest shriekers against the old standing establishment. They just they're just mad at the old establishment because they want to be it. And so I don't look at it through the perspective that these people look at it through. I don't look at it as power adjacency. I mean, I've actually had people brag to me um, in disputes with me online about going to cocktail parties and and being pictured holding martinis with certain politicians. And I just find that so cringe. I mean, I've actually had people argue that with me before as though that means that somehow their opinion should be more credible because they're waist deep in the swamp. And I just, I find that hysterical. So I do not look at these individuals as a route to power adjacency. I want to be left alone. I want to hang out with you all. I want to do what I do every single day. And I do not give a rat's ass about what invitation I get to whatever thing in D.C. I get invited to. I have to be cajoled to be out in D.C. You have to basically coax me like a hobbit out of their hobbit hole to come to D.C. I've never cared about any of that stuff. Never, ever. And I am very proud of the fact that I've never cared about any of that stuff. So I want you to keep that in mind whenever we talk about any of these politicians, even if I know them, I still I just get weird because I'm not I don't look at them as friends. I look at them as employees and I look at them as what is going to be the best manner forward for us to win. I want to be left alone. I want the closest I can get to abolishing the IRS. I want the closest I can get to abolishing the ATF. I want the closest I can get to not nation building. I want the closest I can get to not stupidly starting World War III because we chuck every other single diplomatic effort or other smart move out the window and don't even consider it. These are the these are the things by which I measure how I'm going to either get behind this issue or this individual or make this move, etc. So that is how I'm looking at this going forward. And I feel like I need to lay out the groundwork now because apparently this is just getting started so very early. And, you know, I get it. So there may be at some point, if you love Nikki Haley or if you love, you know, maybe it's Tim Scott who's going to be getting in. Or, I mean, there's a million people, uh, Sununu, uh, Pompeo, DeSantis, uh, Trump, anybody. There may be at some point where I say something that you think that you don't want to hear about your candidate or that maybe you think that it means I'm taking a statement against your candidate. I'm going to do this with everybody. I have always done this with everybody. And it doesn't mean that you are a never this or a never that. It just means I have the God-given obligation and duty as an American citizen to not kiss the ass of a politician, to not kiss their ring, to not feel like I got to be a part of their their cheerleading cult. I am going to very equally weigh their merits and their faults, and I reserve the right to criticize and praise as is my right as a free American. And that's all I'm going to say about it. And if people get upset about it, then maybe this isn't the country that I thought it was. But by God, it should be the country. That's how we should be treating it. And that's how we should be going through this process going forward. So now that we've got that groundwork established, right? And I feel like I don't even ever need to say that again, maybe every now and then. 
but I'm very different in that I am not a party animal. I am ideologically driven. I want, I have certain things that I'm not going to compromise on. Who gets me closest to this? Because that I like. Now, with, with all of this, did you hear all the names of the people that are going to be getting involved with this? We talked about the one technology billionaire guy the other day, and we talked about Haley the other day, and now Tim Scott might be getting in. That's going to be a slap fight if Scott and Haley are in. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and then who else? You have the, what's his face? The new, new up in New Hampshire is making moves. Pompeo would like to run. Everybody wants to run. So before we start looking at everything in a more critical manner, we're very blessed in that we have a deep bench because we could be like the left. And if you looked at the left's little bench, all you would hear is the sound of wind blowing. You might see a tumbleweed. And there, sitting on the bench, all by themselves, is maybe kind of Gavin Newsom. That's it. That's all they have. They don't have anyone else. What a sad existence as a party to not have done the groundwork in recruiting these so-called young guns up to the point of running. So... Pity them in a facetious manner because that's what we're dealing with. And I find that greatly amusing. And I look at our bench and I'm like, I love the fact that we are privileged enough because we have done hard work in in growing up leaders that we can actually have a slap fight in a primary. They don't even get that. So I think that's kind of, I sort of like that, right? Because as customers, we got choices, right? It's like you go to the grocery store. Have you seen the salad dressings that you can go and get? I mean... Typically, I like to go to that, what is it, the steakhouse one? Like if I'm getting the, I can't remember what it is. I just know that it's the green label. I I see it and I blindly go for it because I'm so trained. But you have all these choices. And then it'd be like going into, you know, like a gas station and getting just like one bottle of like chemical vinaigrette. I don't know. That's how I look at it. So we're going to get into all these people that are throwing their hats in the ring. What does this mean? And is it, here's, and here's what I think you might find most important. Is this going to, by way of having all of these people in the Republican Party in this primary, is this going to refine the GOP positions to our advantage going forward? Uh, uh. So we're going to jump into that. We have the latest with East Palestine, Ohio as well. Biden's not out of the woods. A lot of shady business deals. More coming out. We have a bunch of stuff for you. Wokery Tech, all this. You don't want to miss a single moment of today's show. So Valentine's Day may be over, but the need to say I love you is never over. You can say I love you over and over again with a meat subscription from Good Ranchers. Over 85% of grass-fed beef sold in stores is imported from overseas. That doesn't say I love you. What does say I love you is 100% American hand-trimmed steakhouse quality meat and seafood food delivered right to your door. Right now, use Codena to get $30 off when you order any box from Good Ranchers. Ditch the usual gifts and say I love you with a subscription to American Meat instead. Snag your $30 off with my Codena at GoodRanchers.com today. With the 100% satisfaction guarantee, you can count on your monthly delivery of meat to always deliver the quality a great gift needs. Forget flour deliveries. Set up an easy, affordable, and delicious subscription to American Meat delivered today by Good Ranchers. Ranchers.com and save $30 with code Dana. Say you're the best with the best meat in America from GoodRanchers.com. Good Ranchers American Meat Delivered. With Social Security running out of money already, what are they trying to do? Come for your 401ks and IRAs. Are there plans to make your investments controlled by the government? Check out the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. 
sometimes I see these studies and I'm like, who are these people? So apparently researchers are saying that science needs to stop using terms like male, female, mother and father. And I think that these researchers need to take a long walk off a short pier. They said that male and female should instead be referred to as sperm producing and egg producing. That sounds horrific, and we're not doing that. Who are these people? They're from the University of British Columbia. They have three moronic researchers involved in this stupid, completely irrelevant, and unnecessary initiative that does nothing except to erode the intellectual capabilities of Western culture. Uh, Dr. Caitlin Gaynor, the UBC assistant moronic professor, said that they began undertaking this after a Twitter conversation, which is your first problem right there, that you began undertaking this after a Twitter conversation. Uh, Also, a former Shake Shack employee gets $20,000 because someone called her the wrong pronoun and it hurt her feels. Why would Shake Shack do this? They agreed to pay $20,000 to this former employee who alleged that co-workers harassed her. Actually, she was... She was born a woman. She identifies as a man and she wanted to be called a he. So she wanted everyone to cosplay along with her at work. And that's not the place to do it. That's not the place to do it at all. Uh, we're going to be talking about this headline here coming up. The ninth dead whale on a, on Jersey Shore renews calls for a pause on wind farm projects. This is in Manasquan, New Jersey. It's the ninth dead whale found since early December on New York and New Jersey shores, stoking a debate as to what is causing the mortalities of this huge, huge, huge animal on these beaches in the Atlantic coast. Uh, In fact, the Point Pleasant mayor had said on Facebook uh, Monday, quote, Governor, when do these stop becoming coincidences? How many more will it take? They're trying to figure out what is behind it. Nothing's been established, but theories abound with some asking if it's wind development in the region. And Trump hits back on Nikki Haley already. We're going to talk about that coming up. Stay with us. Caltech Innovation is back to back. You've heard me talk about Caltech's P50 pistol. Now here comes the new 9mm P15 carry pistol. Quality engineered, the 9mm P15 carry pistol is the lightest, thinnest of its kind in Caltech's first striker fire handgun. And as another first, the P15s feature a totally unique patent pending 15 round extended magazine. Now other features include ambidextrous grip, safety, reversible mag release, and the hybrid fiber optic night sights with fully adjustable rear that all comes standard it's from Keltec, inventors of subcompact polymer and now metal handguns the p15's gator grip texture on the polymer version increases stability and makes for easy accurate handling while the all metal version offers comfortable but positive traction and a really beautiful wood grip panel the p15 is the dependable firepower you need to secure your world see the new nine millimeter p15 first up close and personal at keltecweapons.com that's k-e-l-t-e-c weapons.com Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app weekdays noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time I have devoted my life to this fight and I'm just getting started For a strong America for a proud America I am running for president of the United States so as you can imagine, so this is Nikki Haley's announcement and all all the hands are flying now. Everybody's catching hands. Welcome you. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> I'm just tickled by all this. Dana Lash here with you. You're greatly entertained, curmudgeon. You can listen to the program from sea to shining sea. You can watch the simulcast, Facebook, YouTube, <laughs> the first, uh, on Direct TV channel 349. So 
I mean, we might as might as well talk. We, I mean, I would rather talk about an alien invasion, but you know, n- ain't nobody telling us anything on that. And so, anytime I get a lawmaker, I'm just going to be like, tell us about the aliens. If you can't tell us, give us a sign. Wink twice for aliens, <laughs> something like that. I swear, I'm going to do it. But so Trump has already responded to. I'm just going to sit back and watch everybody just. Please, just Republicans, please keep in mind. And I laid out the groundwork as to how I'm approaching this last hour. So if you want to know how I view the primary and going into 2024, you can we're going to put that up. And I think I just like might pin that on Twitter. You can watch it. Check it out on social media and we'll have it up on YouTube as well. Now, that being said, the Trump campaign unloaded. They in a statement that they had just put out called The Real Nikki Haley, they said that she was, she said, they, they said Hillary Clinton is an inspiration to Nikki Haley. She said in a 2012 interview with the New York Times, quote, the reason I actually ran for office is because of Hillary Clinton. Now, I will say, that seems like that can be interpreted in a number of different ways. I don't believe that, and I'm not, I don't have a dog in this fight with Trump and Haley. I don't think, though, that she's looking at this and and was thinking that Hillary Clinton did well. And that is the inspiration. I think she thought she's so bad. I need to get in there. Maybe that's kind of how I would look at it. They said uh, she supported Paul Ryan's plan for entitlement reform. And they have a bunch of stuff on this uh, that and she supported sending more American fighter planes. This is where I actually do depart from her a little bit foreign policy is not something i've always been i i I get i get really weird with these politicians on foreign policy so she they also noted that she admitted the ukrainian invasion the invasion of ukraine would have never taken place under the previous administration they said she's weak on immigration she does not support a border wall uh where i don't actually know if i necessarily see receipts for that but that's what's claimed they said that she does not support a transgender bathroom bill to protect kids. They noted this was on uh, April of 2016. A South Carolina lawmaker introduced a bill Wednesday that would mandate public restrooms. And she said that it just has a quote from her that says, I don't believe it's necessary. I don't even know what that's in the context with. Like, if you're going to put this out, I, don't, I just would like to know what context that is. I her foreign. I, I look, I differ enough with her from foreign policy that I don't think that she's POTUS material. I think VP, perhaps, but. That remains to be seen. Um, she had uh, Otto Wambier's mother, who apparently introduced her there. And they said that it was Trump that brought the Wambier family to the State of the Union. So they were anticipating his mother being there to introduce Nikki Haley. They said that she flops on the, went back and forth on the 2024 race. And... I just don't know if that's necessarily. I honestly was expecting a lot more fire, a lot more fireworks. I thought I was expecting a bigger payload. I mean, when you when I'm told that someone's going to unload on someone, I'm expecting a major payload, and I did not see that. So I don't know. Uh, it it just kind of remains to be seen. I will say this: Can we play this soundbite? Because this is one of the things that I always uh, uh, I get weird with identity stuff. Let's play this. This is a clip. This was just from her uh, announcement address uh, moments ago, or minutes ago, rather. The American people know better. My immigrant parents know better. And take it from me, the first minority female governor 
in history. America is not a racist country. Okay, so move apart the America is not a racist country. I don't believe that America is a racist country. And I think that the fact that we had how many, how many hundreds of thousands, how many, just how many people died during the Civil War? I think the fact that you, that that was paid for in the blood and the division of the country just underscores that. But do we always have to preface everything with the first female, whatever, minority, whatever this? Because I can't stand that. Case in point. Whenever anybody does pieces on me in, in radio, they always say, oh, the number one female talk show host. I hate that because I feel like it makes you sound JV. I'm not JV. I have the biggest cigar in the room. I rule the afternoon airwaves in an industry created by the older brother of a very dear friend of mine. So I don't like to say that. I don't like to say top few. No, I'm number one in the afternoon. End of story. I, I don't like top female this top. I feel like putting out those identifiers marks you as somehow being JV or sec. I don't like that. Just go out and be you. Idris Elba gave a really good quote about this because he was, he was doing an interview where he was asked about the roles that he was taking and he apparently was going to be considered for Bond. And I, I really wanted him to be considered for Bond. But they had a, a headline that says Idris Elba elaborates on why he doesn't label himself as a black actor. And he said, quote, being an actor is a profession, like being an architect, and it's not defined by race. Love that. Love that. That's such a great response. So that's why I just don't like these identifiers. I don't want to hear over and over again, well, the first, I mean, and that's a, I'm not saying that she's doing that, but I didn't, why does that have to be, we can see, we get it, you're a chick, we get this. I don't need this pushed all the time because it underscores what the left says. I don't want to treat it as though it's something special because it's not. I don't believe it is. I don't believe, I, I'm just I, I'm just so tired of it. I'm so tired at being, I, I, it sounds like to me kind of pandering. It sounds as it, almost condescending sometimes when people push that line. And I just, I don't, I don't want to see it coming up in the, in the primary. I really don't. And I think that you should have, especially women running, any woman, and I'm not specifically referencing Haley here. If you have to preface what you're doing with the first woman this, then you need to get more accomplishments before you go out. Because being born with a vagina is not enough. That's not, that. I don't care. It's not enough. Then do some more things and get some more accomplishments. But don't lead with, with that or or feel like you got to hit it i do i i now going back to haley i like what she said about you know america's not a racist nation of course she was hitting the critical race theory the marxist division all this other stuff so who's who all we got like i was looking at the uh primary here who all does it look like is getting involved let's take a peeky peek and we're going to move on to some other stuff so we have trump's in now haley's in both two in officially Tim Scott may be, may get in. Okay. Mike Pence looks like he's all in at this point. Not officially, though. DeSantis. Uh, who else? Pompeo. Um, I, I don't dislike Pompeo. He seems like a nice guy personally. I just don't. I don't know. Liz Cheney. I don't think that. I think she has to reevaluate whether or not she she's, would get in this again. I just don't see it. Uh, I used to think that she had. Uh, regardless of whether or not I favored her positions or as a candidate, but I thought previously she had a good shot until she kind of set herself on fire there. Uh, Larry Hogan, really? Larry Hogan's good. No, he's not going to sit down. 
Uh, who else? Glenn, a lot of people are asking about Glenn Youngkin. Uh, Glenn Youngkin, I think, is nice, but I don't think that that's where he's looking at. I don't know if necessarily if that's where his eyes are. Chris Anunu definitely wants to get involved, and I think he he comes off as as some as sometimes being a little resentful because if he had a time, it would be now. But there are too many other people for whom that can also be said. Asha Hutchinson, no, he apparently has been open about this for quite some time, but he's seventy two years old. He's not a thought. Li- I mean, I don't dislike him. He seems like a nice dude, but no. Uh, who else? Greg Abbott from Texas, no. Uh, I mean, there's there are a couple of other folks that are being considered. Then you have Vivek uh, Ramaswamy, no. Uh, that's I mean, I think those are the contenders at this point. So far, some two at least officials, some leaning that way, and others more, more I guess conjecture than not. So I don't know. I just. Um, this is going to be an annoying primary. I just want to, I'm just, we're just going to have fun and we're going to have to laugh at some people. So I hope nobody gets their feels hurt. All right. We got a couple of other things that I want to hit on this particular portion, including, let's pull some of this up. I saw this, um, <laughs> I have a, wait, I mentioned this in the headline thing. I got to get some wokery out. Shake Shack. Shake Shack's not a bad, they have some good burgers. So they had paid. Two or $20,000. Is it worth it to have your feelings hurt because someone calls you an incorrect pronoun? They had a staff member who identified as a man but was born a woman. They said they experienced misgendering. So someone correctly called them the, the right gender. And this is according to California, of course. It's California Civil Rights Department press statement. They said the unnamed employee filed a complaint with the department detailing accusations of discrimination and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Management urged the employee to explain their identity, gender identity to misunderstanding coworkers. The employee quit working at Shake Shack. So the, the employee apparently only worked there for one month. Hmm. And this was at the Oakland. They were, they were transferred to the Oakland location. They, got, they were trained in San Francisco, transferred to Oakland. And Shake Shack also has to revise its policies detail, dealing with retaliation and discrimination. Blah, blah, blah. Creating a blah, 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 blah. So someone had their feelings hurt because they are a woman and they want to be a man and they weren't called he, they were called her. And so where is the consideration for the employees who are being harassed by this person who wants to play make-believe at the workplace? That's what gets me. Like if if this person had had done this without making a big deal about forcing everybody else to call them their whatever pronouns they wanted. I mean, I don't think anybody would have an issue. Everybody would go along their merry way. But the fact that this employee threw such a fit about it and wanted to bully coworkers into cosplaying with her. Well, that's where's the concern or consideration for the freedoms of freedom of speech specifically. With these employees, where's the case for their harassment? I would have filed a countersuit. Holy Hades, I would have litigated this six ways to Sunday. Surely there is a, uh, a, a litigated litigation-happy lawyer out in California that would love to take a, like a countersuit case like that. Because that's they're being harassed by this employee for not going along with their make-believe. That's, I mean, the only way to, that's the only way to look at it. Honestly, sometimes, I mean, these, some of these people need to push back a little harder and these restaurants should push back. Shake Shack should, should have been like, well, what about our employees who were harassed, who they were harassed by this employer? 
or by this employee who wanted them to play along with their game of make-believe. Where's the consideration for the freedoms and the, and the non-hostile workplace for these employees? We're sticking up for our employee because it sounded like it was more than one or two. So where's the consideration for them? There's no way in hell you would force me to, to alter my speech and play make-believe and use incorrect words. You're not commandeering my speech. You're not commandeering my perspective of reality. And that's what this is. That's stupid that they even paid anything. We have more on the way. We have, um, gosh, coming up in our second hour, we got a whole bunch of stuff. we got some law and order, wokery, energy, economy, the latest with the 2024 already kicking off. Oh, boy. So we got a lot to get into. You don't want to miss a single bit of it. Black Rifle Coffee Company set out on a mission to make the best cup of coffee that's ever hit your mug. And I think they've hit that mission straight on. Their dream has been to sell enough premium coffee to build a support network for veterans, first responders, and law enforcement. And thanks to your support, that dream has come true. Black Rifle Coffee is roasted by a veteran-led team of brilliant coffee graders who work tirelessly to roast and bag the highest quality coffee here in America. And the coffee is truly one of a kind and my favorite. Your support has helped Black Rifle Coffee Company expand their team of active duty service members, veterans, and veteran family members. And they were able to donate over 120,000 bags of coffee to veterans and first responders in 2022. Visit blackriflecoffee.com Dana and use my code Dana at checkout for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. That's blackriflecoffee.com slash Dana. Use code Dana and also look for Black Rifle Coffee in grocery and convenience stores. Black Rifle Coffee, America's coffee. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. There is breaking news tonight on that Chinese spy balloon. CBS News has just learned that U.S. intelligence watched the high-flying airship as it lifted off near China's south coast. That means the U.S. military had been tracking it for nearly a week before it entered U.S. airspace, longer than originally known. Ooh, so apparently we literally watched a spy balloon lift off near China's south coast, meaning we've been tracking it for a week before it entered U.S. airspace. No big whoop. That's from CBS, believe it or not. The Pentagon said, what? So we knew this whole time? Did they just want it to get it? I mean, I'm just wondering, like, did they just wait for it to get near D.C. so they could just then blow it up and grab it? I'm wondering. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Your lovable curmudgeon. So I've noticed on social media, where it relates to Twitter, I'm back to not seeing mentions again. Elon Musk had asked everybody, what would you like to see in Twitter improvements next? I think uh, maybe removing all of the shadow banning tactics that have been implemented by these partisan Twitter employees that on accounts like mine, that, that could go. Someone's like, why don't you just pay for Twitter Blue? Why the hell would I pay for a service when they already treat me like trash anyway? Are you stupid? Why would I do that? Why would anybody do that? Why would anybody be expected to pay for something that doesn't work already? Get real. You gotta be pay- you gotta pay to that so extortion is your answer? Mm-mm. So we are um couple things. Looking at some some of the economic news. As well, that the, well, I, I think we, a press briefing today should be interesting. 
They had data that came out yesterday. The president was trying to say, oh, it shows annual inflation has been falling for seven months and wages for working Americans are up. Yay. Acting like it's all good. But the stock exchange was down because the market believes that everything sucks. And he, I mean, it's like three, every, th- inflation is three times as high as when it was still when he took office. It's not going away. And it's going to get, everything's, it's going to get worse. There's, there's no other way around it. Now, coming up, there's a number of things to hit. We may have Josh, Senator Josh Hawley next hour. Uh, because he's he's on the floor of the Senate going back and forth, and he might be in that one that classified briefing about them aliens. So we will uh, we'll keep you updated. We got a lot on the way still. Second hour, stay with us. Thanks to your support, Patriot Mobile has emerged as one of the leaders in the parallel economy, and they have big news. Patriot Mobile now offers service with all three major networks. This means if you're with the big three and like the service but hate their values, you can access them with Patriot Mobile. They also offer a performance guarantee. So if you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch between the three major carriers for free. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that fights to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. Resolve now to stop supporting companies that don't align with your values. The Patriot Mobile 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just visit PatriotMobile.com Dana or call them at 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com Dana or call 878-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com Dana or call 878-PATRIOT. Hey, the next piece of this is your water source. We want to test that. Now, the the good news is the majority of people who live in the East Palestine community are, in fact, on municipal water. And those municipal sources are deep wells that they were able to intentionally uh, reserve using the most distant ones only for feeding the water supply. But nevertheless, there are quite a number of people who are on private water systems, mostly private wells. We have strongly encouraged all of those people on private wells to get their wells tested, and that will be done at no cost to them. This is something that is part of the remediation, and it's very So this is the Ohio Department of Health, Dr. Bruce Vanderhoff who is urging homeowners with private wells near East Palestine to have their water tested. This is all fallout from that derailment. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Top of our second hour, friends. Good to be with you. feel a little sassy today. I saw Mike DeWine standing there, the governor. He said this, audio sound by 10, because I just think if the governor says I would be drinking bottled water, uh, I'd probably would be wondering about the continued sort of consequences from this. Check this out. Audio somebody 10. Look, look, I, I think that I would be drinking the bottled water um, and I would be continuing to uh, um, find out what the tests were showing as far as the air. Um, I would be alert and and concerned, but uh, I think I would probably be back in my house. So I drinking bottle because see, it's not just. If you're drinking bottled water, then you're concerned about the water supply, which means that there's probably still stuff in the soil that's a little troubling. 
and people have every right to ask questions and have concerns. I just keep thinking, you know, where, because they said that apparently uh, some of the video shows that the, uh, what is it, the brake pad, some brake, there was something wrong with one of the, one of the uh, brakes on, on which kick-started everything. There was like uh, sparks on the tracks, etc. And that it is, that's, I mean, it happened, you know, quite a bit. Uh, before the derailment, but it contributed to the derailment. And now there's, I'm sure, going to be a lot of, uh, I'm sure that they're looking at, you know, ultimately, how could this have been averted? But there's a lot of questions. Like, was everything up, was everything up to, you know, was everything copacetic, everything up to speed? I mean, was there, there's a lot of accusations flying around about uh, corners being cut, etc. Boy, oh boy, if so. And when you listen to the, the people who live in the area or in the affected area, I should say, it kind of goes back and forth. Like some of them are saying, oh, well, the rail Nor- Norfolk Southern has been great at handling things. And then others are saying, no, this is all about getting the rail open. They burned this stuff off and now we're having to deal with all of this. So it really is, uh, it seems kind of half and half with all of this. And we're going to continue to cover it. But although I really don't see, I mean, not really anything from Biden on this. Not a single word from him. Just re- remember when, when the story that this was maybe seven or eight years ago about the water that burns and there was this whole thing up in like Ohio and Pennsylvania and all of that. And I remember the environmentalists going crazy and it turned out all their claims that wasn't actually the truth. And oh my heavens, I don't know. Maybe it's just because is it is it because it's a a deep red area that's being affected? I mean, I'm just throwing stuff out now. I'm just wondering. So we're going to continue to follow that. The uh, other aspect, one of the other stories that we've been following with everything has to do with the continued fallout with this, U- I guess, what, the U- UFO? Although now apparently they're saying that the first was a Chinese spy balloon and the other three were not. China is now threatening U.S. entities in response to their little balloon being shot down. And they are claiming that America flew airships over Tibet and, Jiang, and Xinjiang. But uh, Kamala Harris insisted that it's not going to damage relations with Beijing. So the foreign ministry spokesperson, the spokesman over there, Wang Wenbin, claims the U.S. has overreacted. Now, we, I put that that's out there on YouTube and also Facebook they say that it was an overreaction. This is the same company that, or same, sorry, same country who took down, they crashed a jet and took down our, one of our jets back in 2001. It was a naval, a Navy surveillance plane that got too close. And they held like the crew hostage for a number of days. And before it was finally resolved, and our friend Stephen Yates was saying that was literally his first day on the job was dealing with that whole situation. So I don't really think that they get to be in any kind of position credibly to accuse anyone else of overreacting, considering that that's their M.O. So they they are they're they're saber rattling after this, but it was their spy balloon. They don't get to be the you send a spy balloon over. We'll shoot every single damn one down the end. That's it. There's nothing else to it. That's it. And that should be, we should have strong words in response to that. They said that 
Harris told Politico that she doesn't uh, think that she doesn't think that shooting down the spy balloon is going to impact the relationship. And she says we see competition, not conflict or confrontation. I don't even know what that means. What do you mean competition? It doesn't 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 make doesn't make any sense. Don't send a spy balloon over and we won't shoot it down, you morons. That should be the only response that we have. And But you know, the New York Times report has, and CBS reported this last night, they were saying that this balloon was being monitored by our, our own government from the moment that it took off. And that U.S. officials have been tracking the spy balloon as it lifted off from Hainan Island in late January. But why wasn't it shot down sooner then? Why did it have to make it all the way to Myrtle Beach? I mean, that why would why in the world did that did it have to go on for that long? I mean, they could have also have shot it down near U.S. waters before it got to the continental United States and still have been able to take possession, take custody of all the debris. So the you know the, the some of what I've been seeing. Oh well, they just wanted to make sure that they got they actually got got their hands on it so they could see what what was all you know if it was actually uh, uh, tracking anything what kind of hardware it had on it etc i understand that but they could have done they, they didn't have to wait till it got to myrtle beach i mean they could have done it a heck of a lot sooner especially if they've been watching it since it took off so the question now they could also be saying this to cover their own backsides so that they don't so it looks like yeah well we were watching it and we just didn't do anything yeah we watched it i mean they could also be saying that and and, and trying to put out that as as a as a way to make us look like we were not caught off guard, but I just don't know. It then it just raises more questions. Well, then why didn't you act sooner? There clearly it didn't. I mean, you you could have taken custody of the debris regardless of whether you shot it down on the Pacific side or the Atlantic side. Why did you wait for it to traverse across the entire United States over sensitive sites? None of this makes any sense. So I don't know. We'll see, but. I they're saber rattling though. That's you know kind of it doesn't mean anything to me. It's irrelevant to me. They can they can they always paint themselves out as victims. They always paint themselves out as victims. Now I have a couple of other things to get into because this there's a I, I'm I'm looking at some of the because uh, we have a lot of Biden audio and. He's really trying to rewrite the history on <laughs> the economy. Audio Soundbite 6 in particular, where the inflation report that came out, and we mentioned this yesterday, he's trying to say that this is all good, that it's good news, that this is great news. There's no reason to worry. Listen to this, because nobody buys this. Nobody buys this. You know what you spend. Listen. Today's report on inflation shows the good news is that inflation in America is continuing to come down. It's fallen seven straight months. There's more to go. Food prices at the grocery store are coming down. Gas prices are down $1.60 since their peak. Real wages for working Americans are up over the last several months. The living, welcome, breathing room. Melissa, my dad just say, all I'm looking for, Joey, is just a little breathing room. Hmm. Uh, what? That's not really. It's not. People can see it. Inflation's still high. The Wall, Wall Street's reacting to it. It's, it's, I think, not recognizing or not re- or refusing to acknowledge the struggle that average everyday Americans are going through because you're worried that it's going to compromise you politically further compromises you politically because you just look out of touch. If you can't recognize the reality that people have to, are living with, 
uh, the the invisible tax of inflation. My gosh, I'm wondering how travel is going to be impacted this summer. You know, everybody always goes on vacation and does this and that. I'm wondering, I'm really interested to see how that is all going to be impacted by the just unstable economy. Now, meanwhile, while gaslighting about the economy, we have more about this coming up. Another, another Biden family member. I told you it's the whole fam damnly. Another Biden family member, not just Hunter and not just Jim, but another Biden. This time it's the president's younger brother, Francis, (laughs) Frank Biden. He's a 69 year old in Boca Raton and he serves as a non-attorney advisor to the Berman Law Group. Now, apparently he's not there's not been a lot of questions about him over at Red State back in January, there was a piece that noted CNN finally actually touched on the entire family. And people should be asking questions of more than just, you know, Hunter and and Joe Biden and even Jim. So it's interesting because when Biden was elected and this was a CNN piece back on January 17th, His younger brother, Frank, was bragging in a speech that he was giving to medical professionals in Boston that, quote, the bully pulpit he was afforded was due to, quote, my brother, Joey, and he vowed to help attendees, quote, get federal dollars, end quote. And that's not the only time, apparently, that he's bragged about his his ability to merch out his brother's elected position. Huh. Interesting. They say that the president's brothers have invoked it in their private business pursuits over the years to suggest access to power and influence. A year after Biden was elected, I should share with you his brother, Frank. And and also Frank was a keynote speaker at a medical conference in Venice. And he gave advice to a group lobbying the federal government. And he acknowledged that he didn't pay for the trip, according to CNN, but he declined to say who did. And Hunter Biden, meanwhile, acknowledged in his memoir that his last name was a, quote, coveted credential, helping him land lucrative and the lucrative uh, gig as a board member when Biden was president over at Burisma. Hmm. They said they that they, quote, considered my last name gold. So you have all the brothers, everybody is is merching out Joe Biden's elected office and he's allowing it to happen because that gives him a certain power, too. We're going to talk more about this because. There, and that CNN did the piece on it initially. That's very interesting. That tells you more of Democrat instability. They do not want him as their candidate going forward. That's going to be interesting to see. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. A California bill would ban police dogs from biting suspected criminals. This is so stupid. The idiotic authors of the bill say that it's historically racialized, the nature of deploying police canines. You mean when Democrats did it back in the day? Because Democrats were the ones who, if you're talking about Bull Connor, Democrat, Democrats with Bull Connor. So the only thing is, is that I don't know if that's, I mean, they're, they're trained. They said that we're trying to make sure people aren't harmed and injured by using canines. Or you know what? 
Uh, maybe let's stop worrying about criminals who willfully choose to pull, put themselves in these positions and maybe just, you know, focus on just, you know, doing the job and stop coddling these criminals. If you get bit in the A-double snakes because you're committing a crime, that's your bad. You gambled wrongly, my friend. You gambled incorrectly. All right, moving on. Please let this be smod. USA Today says a massive asteroid is it's close. It's close to Earth. There's a close approach. It's going to be it's it's today, but it's still actually pretty far. It's called 2005 YY128. It's going to fly by at a safe distance. They say it's a large asteroid anywhere between 1900 and 4200 feet. Uh, They say astronomers have been tracking this for 17 years and they can predict when it orbits the sun, but it's still going to be 12 times farther away than the moon. So sad face over here. Sad face indeed. So uh, Biden now is surpassing Trump in terms of judicial appointments. Now, I didn't say confirmations. I just said appointments. He has been, this is one of the things that a lot of people on the right have not paid attention to. Trump really remade the judiciary in the latter half of his first term. Biden's trying to undo it, but they don't have those numbers in the Senate. So we'll see. Senator Josh Hawley joins us next. A lot of stuff to discuss. Stay with us. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's Chapter and Verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com. Now, I, I don't think we have a good sense, but I think that that study started, you know, when I was there in NORAD and, and continues on. Mm-hmm. China is a glowing, uh, growing, sorry, you know, uh, international power it, it has military power that it really is regionally based while russia has global military power I, I think that we're seeing china advance in these areas and i think our vulnerabilities are going to become more and more important true in the question of deterrence that's former norad chief scott clancy discussing this issue with the spy balloon, the one balloon that we know, the three, I think, I guess, they're not aliens. We have no idea what's going on. We don't know what's going on from this administration. Nobody knows. Welcome back to the program. Your lovable curmudgeon here, Dana Lash. You can listen from sea to shining sea, and you can also watch the simulcast of the radio show on uh, YouTube, Facebook, and Channel 349 Direct TV. Joining us right now, Senator from my home state, and I was so happy to see him and fellow Senator Eric Schmidt on the floor of State of the Union. I thought, oh, that's Missouri in the house uh he joins us now via skype as senator josh holly from the wonderful state of missouri good to see you senator thank you for joining us i right off the bat because there's a lot to get into including uh, some legislation you're going to introduce as well as to the uh, the intro music we just played but this i know that i i know that there's certain things that you can't say especially if it's a classified briefing but at least let me ask you this. I know that the Senate has been briefed and at least you're, I guess, up to date with some of the latest information. Has it clarified anything further for you? Not really. No, Dana. I mean, my view is, is that they don't really know what's going on. The Biden administration is completely asleep at the switch. And I don't really know who's in charge. As to these most recent aerial objects that they shot down, the truth is, is that report from the director of national intelligence that's been declassified has said that there have been hundreds of these kind of objects identified over the last few years. Why the Biden administration started shooting them down just now, I have no idea. They didn't say, they won't tell us. I think part of it is they're embarrassed by the fact that Joe Biden led an honest to goodness Chinese spy apparatus across our entire continental United States, including the state of Missouri, and did nothing about it until it had collected everything it wanted to collect. So I think right now they're in total disarray 
And they're either completely incompetent or they're lying to us or both. Yeah. And to your point, it New York Times reported yesterday evening that apparently our government knew about this or the administration knew about this. Like right when this this balloon or the spy craft lifted off uh, in Chinese it over, uh, I think, their Hainan Island. So they monitored it from the beginning but was Biden aware? Because you posed this question online. You said that he didn't shoot it down over Alaska because the military and intel agencies didn't tell him about it until it had left Alaska. So when I, I'm just curious as to when the president knew and why they didn't then shoot it down in Pacific waters. Yeah, what's been reported, Dana, is he was not told, and there's public reporting on this, until January 31st, that is days after it had left, the balloon had left Alaska. And you're right, so now we learn that the administration or the intelligence agencies or somebody was tracking this balloon from the second that it left China. They watched it the whole way. They watched it go right over the state of Alaska. The Alaska, the general, the NORAD commander, that's the guy who's in charge of our homeland defense right now, he says that he couldn't shoot it down over Alaska because he personally didn't have authorization and yet they didn't tell the president. I mean, who's running this country? That's really, to me, the pressing question here. Where is Joe Biden? Yeah. What is he doing? Is it and shock I think you that question, he, not to interrupt yes. you, but has it, does it shock you that he hasn't addressed this personally himself? Yes, it does. And that's what needs to happen here. Well, we need to know, first of all, that he's actually around and in charge. I mean, is, is he calling the shots here? or who? If not, who is? The fact that he wasn't even informed when it was time to make a military decision is pretty shocking. The vice president, we're talking with Senator Josh Hawley, the vice president had said that she hopes that she doesn't foresee this affecting our relations with Beijing, which I didn't even realize that we had any kind of relations with Beijing to start with. But I really am not getting that sense from China because they're really saber rattling, uh, making these empty threats towards the United States because we shot down their balloon, which they said was a weather balloon. But you know, now we know it's spycraft. What are your thoughts on that and how this affects everything with China? Because, I mean, clearly they see that there really wasn't a deterrence. Well, it should affect our relationship with them. And it ought to be a wake-up call to this administration and all of the people who for years, Dana, have said, oh, China's peaceful. We should do more trade with China. We should send more jobs to China. It's great that they're taking all of our industry. No, it's not. It's been a disaster. Allowing China into the WTO, disaster. Allowing China to build their military on the backs of our middle class, disaster. So what we ought to be doing right now is we ought to be saying, yeah, we're going to change the relationship. We're going to put sanctions on them. We're going to use this as an opportunity to bring back our supply chains to this country and make stuff in America again. That's what we ought to be doing. But that's not what Joe Biden's doing. He's out there doing who knows what. I mean, maybe napping. I don't know. But he's certainly not in charge right now. Oh, apparently appear. making making money with business deals. I mean, that's, you know, where I know we're, we're still getting to the bottom of that. I want to one last quick question on this. And I want to switch gears to talk with you about what's happening at St. Louis Children's Hospital. Do we so are, are is it because uh, I know that they said one spy craft and then the other three were not spy balloons. I mean, are is anyone what what were they? I don't think they know. And this is where I come back to Dana. There have been reports now for several years, and this has been declassified information, that there are hundreds of these unidentified aerial objects around sensitive sites, around military bases and, and other places that have been identified, reported by sometimes commercial aircraft, sometimes military aircraft. So they've been, the U.S. government's been tracking this for several years now. There's a bunch of these, and that's really disturbing in its own right. I think we need to be asking, is this part of some bigger espionage program by China or some other country, number one? But number two, now all of a sudden the Biden administration is shooting them down, which is fine if they pose a danger. I just like to know why. And I just like to know what they are. 
Yeah. And the administration won't level with us. Either that or they don't know. And either way, it's pretty disturbing. I think it's amazing. You're a senator and and you and your colleagues, you can't actually tell the American voters what's going on because the administration is not being forthright with you on something yeah. as huge as this. That's incredibly significant. Now, in looking at St. Louis, I was shocked to read this story about the, I don't want to call it gender transitioning, it's mutilation that's been taking place with these gender care clinics uh, with regard to uh, St. Louis Children's Hospital, which at Washington University, I mean, when I lived in St. Louis City, I lived right by St. Louis Children's Hospital. I mean, when I worked just in local radio in St. Louis, there were all kinds of things that we did with St. Louis Children's Hospital. This is stunning. And as you know, you've talked quite a bit about this, and I know you're very involved in this. Former case manager, for those unfamiliar, Jamie Reed, who is a Bernie Sanders supporter. This is not a dyed-in-the-wool Republican. She's very left, but she was so troubled by what she saw, the lack of accountability and oversight, with regards to these, the gender-affirming care, no address of mental health at all whatsoever. So she's blown the whistle on it. What can be, I just, I'm shocked at the lack of oversight and accountability. This is a major hospital. Yeah, it is. And the idea that parents would not be told about this, Dana, that they would not know that their kids were being put through these surgeries or sterilized is just sickening. I say as a parent myself of three kids, it is including a baby daughter. It is just sickening. So here's what should happen to begin with. Number one, we ought to give parents the right to sue and kids, victims, the right to sue these clinics, these doctors, these universities that fund them, all of them ought to be on the hook in court for not just discovery and all that, but damages, big time damages so that these people who have been victims can be made whole. Number two, we got to figure out every kid who was victimized here. How many of them were there? Who were who are the doctors who were in charge? Where did the money come from? That's the third piece of it, Dana. Somebody is paying for this. Is it big pharma? Is it the insurance monopolies? Is it the government? We are going to find out. Yeah, this surely isn't informed consent for sure. I mean, I, I'm not. I, there's, there's. Uh, I, I'm just shocked at the ages uh, from reading her affidavit, and of course, she had written. Jamie Reed had written a piece on this as well. Uh, you, you bring up a good point. The funding on this uh, too, where this all comes from. And the one of the other things that she touched on, and I'm going to segue into the bill that you're that you're the legislation you're proposing. She she was touching on without getting into it, the social contagion of this transgender movement and as it and and particularly with regards to how it affects teenagers and very specifically teenage girls. There was just a study from the CDC. I I don't give a lot of weight to the CDC. I think boys and girls are having a hard time right now. But there is a major issue with mental health, social contagion, and all of these, like, I, I think what it, it's like five times greater than it ever has been with kids who are now questioning their identity and wanting unnecessary, medically unnecessary surgeries. Talk a little bit about this, this threat of this social contagion, because this is where social media comes in. Well, here's the thing that the whistleblower said that really caught my attention. She said that for many of the young people coming into this clinic, they said that they discovered their gender identity on TikTok. No lie. Discover their gender identity on TikTok. I mean, what does that even mean? So this is what we're dealing with here. You've got social media that is shoving this stuff in kids' faces that is telling kids that if they are depressed or if they are confused or if they are upset, that there's something wrong with them and their gender. I mean, it is really an insane ideology, Dana, and, and social media is amplifying it big time, which is why we need to take steps to protect kids on social media and also give parents new tools 
to actually have some control here to be able to protect their kids. And the way I do that is, I'd say that you have to be 16 years old before you can open an account on social media. Let's set that age limit and let's tell the social media companies they can't come after our kids before then. I remember Facebook, when they first started, you had to show that you were, I guess, a college student before they opened it up to everybody else. And I, I, I like, I'm, I'm very intrigued by the, by the tools to give parents because I have a teenager in my house. My teenager's not on social media, but I also barge into my teenager's room because it's my phone. I pay the cell phone bill. We live in a momtocracy. It is not a democracy. It's a, actually a momtatorship. And I'll go in and I, I will take his phone and I will literally read everything. Uh, but not every parent does that. And I, I do think some of it comes down to parenting. What do you say to those people who who agree with everything that you said, but they're like, oh, is this an issue of parenting? Is this giving the government too much power? How do you how do you deal with their concerns with that? I just think that this is an issue of empowering parents. And I can just say that, you know, a father of three, my oldest is 10 and he's not on social media either. Hopefully never. But uh, here's the deal. Technology changes so fast. It is hard for parents to keep up. And Dana, I, I won't lie to you. I mean, my 10-year-old probably knows more about my phone than I know about it. And he certainly doesn't have his own phone. Yeah. But the idea that for most parents that you can you know, set your settings on your kid's phone and you'll be able to keep track of that, it's just, it's virtually impossible. So here's the thing. What a lot of kids will tell you, what studies show is that kids get on social media at an early age because their friends are on it. It's not necessarily that they really wanna be on Instagram, it's that, well, everybody else is, and they don't wanna miss out. So I think let's give kids some protection, parents some control. Let's just say you gotta be 16. I mean, that's just, we're just setting a, a boundary here to the product. You gotta be 16 before you can get on. And we put the verification over on the social media companies. We make them verify. So the, the burden falls on them. I think it's sensible. I think it, it is something that will help parents big time and also will really help kids. I love how this completely and maybe inadvertently totally counters the left's uh, uh, rationalization for wanting to lower the voting age to 16. <laughs> I love how this just immediately yep. just takes that out at the knees. Senator Josh Hawley, always a pleasure to talk with you. Thanks so much for giving us some time today. We know it's been busy. Thank Take you. Care. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. This is one of the funniest headlines I've had in some time. Florida woman has her headshot sold to a stock photo site, and now she's on the cover of an erotic novel titled His Big Childhood Sweetheart. This actually is the thing. <sighs> Christian Demerit of Miami shared her story. It started when she graduated from college back in 2010. She had a theater degree. She needed new headshots. So she met up with a recommended photographer at, at Park in Bayside. They took pictures. She paid him $100. Everything seemed fine. But she didn't read the contract all the way through. She didn't read the fine print. The fact that it was only $100 should have been her first warning sign because the photographer sh sold her pictures to stock a stock image site. And so now somebody, a, a, a publisher, ended up uh, purchasing her, sh her photos and putting them on a cover of erotic. It is so ridiculous. But that's a real thing. And she sold it, so she's always going to be, you know, I don't know. I mean, I just, I think she needs to probably update her headshots now. I'm just going to say. <sighs> that's pretty funny. A uh, Florida woman was arrested for meth in the Florida Keys while keeping up with a pagan motorcycle gang. No, that's, they're called the pagans. Two suspected members of the motorcycle gang were arrested in separate incidents, one for having an outstanding warrant and another. She looks so surprised in her stock photo, her, her uh, booking photo. 
Uh, for the other, for illegal possession, uh, they were apparently a prohibited possessor and they were in possession of a firearm. Uh, but they said that uh, this woman, Nicole Fortier, 45, was arrested for possession of meth. Uh, she was in illegal possession of a concealed weapon. She had all kinds of drug paraphernalia, and uh, she was she was apparently speeding. She got pulled over for speeding and not wearing a seatbelt, and that's what apparently got this got her in trouble. So she's now she's been booked. Uh, a Florida man was accused of carrying cocaine in his shoe, and he looks exactly like a Florida man accused of carrying cocaine in his shoe would look like. Palm Bay Councilman Pete Filiberto is accused of a DUI and carrying said cocaine in said shoe. Records show it was his third charge, his third DUI, apparently. He's a Palm Bay City Council member. He was arrested Saturday night, so he was riding his motorcycle. He was he was driving while impaired, and he had 10 grams of coke in his shoe. He's 34 years old, was elected to office in 2022, so he's charged with possession of cocaine, reckless driving, DUI, no motorcycle endorsement in refusing a DUI test, according to News Channel 6. And, of course, they found the cocaine only after they took him to the police department's holding cell and they asked him to remove his shoes. And this is his third, again, his third arrest on DUI charges. Oh, man. And he looks totally like you would expect a guy that has cocaine in his shoe to look. Just saying. A neighbor saves a boy from an armed kidnapping in Pembroke Park. And uh, he's being celebrated for not for just disregarding his own safety. This is a pretty amazing story. He saved the the boy from arm from the kidnapper by asking the kidnapper for a beer as a distraction, and then he got into a scuffle as the kidnapper was reaching for his gun. Ended up saving the kid. Uh, pretty pretty awesome thing that this guy did. So his his name is Major Ra Donovan. Awesome. Well, that's the spokesperson for the department. They don't have this guy named. Very cool. Third hour on the way here because I'm just trying to tell you what we have in African-American community when we talk about a person of color that goes back historically to days of slavery and that person betraying his own community we have a term in the black community that term that we use is called uh, Uncle Tom and Uncle Tom is a either a fictional or non-fictional character I don't really know the origin of Uncle Tom but it talks about a person who back during the days of slavery sold his soul to the slave masters. Places. I, it's always wild to me when people use like characters from literature and they, it's like you kind of wonder whether or not they ever read the book Bec- because they misrepresent the character so insanely. That is, this soundbite is crazy. It's a Georgia state senator named Emmanuel Jones who called Justice Clarence Thomas and Uncle Tom on the Senate floor during a debate on a bill to put a statue of Thomas in the state capitol. Of course he's a Democrat. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Always good to hang out with you and talk about these crazy people all throughout the day. I'm going to tell you what. I, I, I mean, I just think that if you're going to... I mean, first off, I really... Why do... I, it, it, notice that it's always the people who are not well-read who misrepresent this, the origins of the Uncle Tom character. Good heavens. Yeah, that's, I mean, so apparently because he doesn't believe, because Justice Thomas doesn't believe that the Constitution affords women a right to use taxpayer-funded abortion as birth control, I guess that means, according to this Emmanuel Jones, Georgia State Senator, that that makes him a quote-unquote Uncle Tom. 
golly, we're just living the stupidest era. We really do. We lead, we live in the stupidest era possible. I mean, it's not, oh goodness, I'm not, there's been, this is Harry, Harriet Beecher Stowe's character. And it's just a misrepresentation, horrifically, of that character, number one. Gosh, we have such a ignorance in this country. Now, at the same time, you have, and I just saw this, uh, Al Sharpton, who is leading, uh, apparently, a bunch of pastors from around the state, screaming, this is what democracy looks like. They're at the Florida Capitol because they're livid over what Sharpton, I, and I've met Sharpton. He's a, such a hustler. They're livid over uh, what they say is DeSantis's attempt to erase black history because he objected, and not just him, it was a bunch of uh, lawmakers. They do not want sex and Marxism pushed as like actual academics on minor children in schools. And so Al Sharpton is, he's, you know, he's got a grift. He's getting involved in it and saying that it's the erasure of black history, which makes zero sense to me because the Stop Woke Act that was already signed into law by the governor literally verbatim mandates the teaching of black history. What lawmakers and parents in Florida have objected to is trying to teach minor children about ways to have sexual intercourse and pushing Marxism as a legitimate and workable, practical form of government. That's what parents have. I question the motive of any grown man who wants to teach kids how to have sex, other people's kids. I think it's weird. And you fully deserve the suspicion and the questioning when you insist on pushing this on other people's kids. It's weird. There, is a, there are a whole bunch of leftists who are absolutely obsessed with talking to other people's kids about all the different ways that they can have sex. It's really weird. Don't you think it's weird? I mean, if you don't want people to be raising their eyebrows at you and like hugging their kids close if you walk by, then maybe don't act like a pervert. Don't act like a groomer and then you won't because that's grooming behavior. If, and that's what, all the law, that's what lawmakers in Florida objected to in curriculum. We've talked about this. They're pretending that the Stop Woke Act wasn't signed. They're pretending that it isn't already mandated to teach black history in Florida schools. No, what they're, what, they have, what they're pushing is they're trying to say, oh, well, because you won't let us talk about how two men can have sex to minor children, then I guess that means you are against black history. I'm not even kidding you. That is the rationale. And they get so upset if you, like... You know, if you if you question them accurately. So wait, is he I mean, why in in the world like what this is just it's so goofy, but this is what they're protesting. (sighs) And you have every right. Parents have every right to say, wait, 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 this is weird. What's going on here? Why are you why are you teaching about this? Now, speaking of this. So in Arkansas, this is actually kind of funny. The it was a heated exchange between Republican Senator Matt McKee 
and Dr. Gwendolyn Herzig in Arkansas. So they have a bill in Arkansas, Senate Bill 199. It would allow someone who is re- who decided to have non-medically necessary elective surgery. I don't call it gender-affirming care because, you know, that doesn't exist. That's a, that's a vague phrase o- o- over something that doesn't exist. But they're allowing people who were mutilated as a minor to file a malpractice lawsuit against the, their doctor up to 30 years later because you're corrected, well, if you've agreed with me, it is not informed consent. And so in this moment, it was, so the senator asks this doctor, who is a man identifying as a woman, about his genitalia. I just want to play this audio for you because wait, you hear the gasps from the people in the room. Listen. You said that you're a trans woman. A trans female, yes, ma'am, sir. Do you have a penis? That's horrible. You're the one. You're the one that brought that into the discussion. You're the one. Never said anything about genitalia. Oh, it has everything to do with genitalia. I don't know what my rights are right now. Audience, if you want to stay in here, I don't know what my rights are, but that question was highly inappropriate. You do not have to answer any question. If you if you're through, we'll dismiss you. Well, I'm not through with questions, but I'm not going to answer that question. That's okay. highly inappropriate. Again, that, I, inappropriate. you can say that, and, and that's your you're right. So. Okay, are I'm a healthcare professional, other, doctor. Please treat me as such. You're a doctor who's cosplaying as a woman, and you expect to be taken seriously while presenting a caricature of what you believe to the female sex to be. So, no, you're going to be asked if you have a schlong, and if you don't like it, then maybe don't cosplay as a woman. We have every right to ask these questions, specifically as this man who is cosplaying as a woman is walking into the state capitol and speaking to lawmakers in the hopes of actually trying to affect policy, i.e. law, in favor of, of this cosplaying. We have every right to ask that. What? I mean, you you say the part out loud. You actually say it. Oh, wait, you're supposed to pretend that his penis doesn't exist, but it's there. So you can't say that part out loud. You can't acknowledge. You can't make that acknowledgement. We all have to go and like not not talk about the most obvious thing here. Seriously, we're not doing this. This is so stupid. This is the emperor has no clothes and we can see his penis. That's what this is. This is so insane. I can't. Everyone's like, oh, oh, my gosh. We're talking about mutilation of minors, healthy minors who are being brainwashed into thinking that they have to have medically unnecessary surgery to cut off their breasts, to cut off their penises, I guess, to, you know, sew them up if they if they have a vagina I mean, I, I, I know this is probably more frank than you're used to me, no pun intended, me being, but this is the reality of the situation with which we're dealing. I love the fact that he asked this because everyone says stupid kitty words, kitten and sunshine words like, oh, top surgery and bottom surgery. Like we're, it's baby talk because they're terrified to actually say what it is. Medically unnecessary mastectomies. That's what they're talking about. I mean, severing someone's actual male copulatory organ. That's what we're talking about. And they're just, oh, I can't believe you would ask me this. You're a dude who sounds like a dude, looks like a dude, and we're not supposed to wonder whether you've got dude parts? You're trying to affect policy on minors? And we're not supposed to be like, but you got a you wing, right? This is the craziest thing ever. Kudos to him for actually saying this this quiet part out loud. 
This is insane. Again, we're talking about medically unnecessary surgeries for kids. This is not informed consent. You have all of these snake oil salesmen who are whispering this poison into their ear. And then all these years later, we're now hearing from a lot of people who've gone through this who said that they were they were tricked and that they were brainwashed and that this is really abusive. You have a bunch of adult activists out here who are trying to live out their notoriety fantasies through these younger people. And it's sickening and disgusting. They're exploiting youth in order to give themselves a platform about a made up issue. It is a made up issue. I'm so done with this. And then to act like this is an inappropriate question. You're a dude cosplaying as a woman and you want to talk about inappropriateness. You're trying to push medically unnecessary surgeries on minors and you want to talk about whether or not asking if you have a wang is inappropriate. If that's inappropriate to you, then maybe you're in the wrong spot, dude. I'm done with this. So done with it. Now, we have uh, headlines on the way as well. And we're also going to get into, I have some economy Gosh, and we have some more about the uh, Michigan State University. So the prosecutor who refused, people are now speaking out, the prosecutor involved in all this had refused to jail or even try to, I mean, if, if all the charges would have gone through, this guy's a prohibited possessor, but wokery and restorative justice intervened and he was able to murder. Wokery is killing people. Restorative justice has a body count. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So Chicago's experimenting with a guaranteed income, $500 a month and no strings attached, for doing nothing but existing. So that's actually what they're, that's, that, that it's Chicago and the surrounding suburbs of Cook County. They're conducting the largest experiment of its kind in the nation supplying thousands of people with a basic income just cash three 31.5 million dollars that's called the resilient communities pilot Five thousand residents were selected in august they get guaranteed cash income for a year i cannot wait to see how this is spent just saying uh it apparently went out to uh the first 500 checks 500 in checks came from a separate program a 42 million dollar county pilot and that went out to a little over 30,000 residents in the near in, near in Chicago suburbs. So I am fascinated to see how this works. That this is, they're being administered by a group called Give Directly. It's uh, previously known for helping poor people in developing nations. So I guess they consider Chicago like a developing nation. Oh my gosh! So there you go. And what's what's funny is that the the article says this is an actual sentence. Listen. For Democrats, the concept is a wager on big government at a time when faith in democratic governance is at a low ebb. So they want to pay people to like the government again. That's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm getting out of this. Just saying. Uh, Louis Vuitton has hired Pharrell Williams. I don't know what this means. As their next men's creative director. He's a producer. He's one half of the Neptunes. So now he's now he's the he's going to succeed Virgil Abloh as the new. Does this? I don't know what this means. I don't know. I'm just, just don't make things that suck. Okay. Let's just like be tasteful and let's not add polka dots and everything. I don't know. Uh, Moving on down the line. The Christ Redeemer statue. Christ the Redeemer statue was struck by lightning. Oh, that's kind of crazy. It was an incredible picture. Uh, It was struck by lightning uh, just a couple of nights ago in Rio de Janeiro. 
and a lot of photographs have been shared. It looks honestly like just a giant light beam is emanating from his head. The, the statue's head. I just got to say. It's, the, it's pretty neat. Uh, Politico, this was a crazy story. So do you remember the... It was a bunch of high school kids that were taking a tour of the of different places in and around D.C. And the National Archives was one of them. And they all were wearing... Uh, the same uh, like t-shirts and the same hats and stuff they I mean they all had the same clothes on so they could all be identified as being a part of the group well apparently uh, they had been asked to leave because they had pro-life material on their attire and it was at the March for Life Uh, this is the March for Life Smithsonian Institute where that was the most recent one there was also another one in the archives so now the archives issued a statement apologizing for their incident that had to do with uh, a Michigan high school, uh, they withheld the name from public the names from public court papers related to the suit. So, we'll see. you can't just kick people out just because you don't like their their message on life. You can't just do that, especially out of federal buildings for which they pay taxes. Their families pay taxes. This is crazy. All right, so coming up, we got a, I got some wokery. Racist? Oh, no, wait, not racist squirrels. Squirrels are victims of racism. That's a real thing. Stay with us. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. You want to extend the Trump tax cuts on the previous four years, which cost $2.7 trillion in the deficit. Extend it. And guess who gets it? You all don't. What in the world the hell did I just hear? First off, welcome back to the program, Dana Lash. That's the president. So who gets it? Not you. No, the people who don't pay taxes in don't get money just randomly. You you have to pay in. You have to pay taxes to get a tax refund. And what this is 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 about the the people keeping more of their own money. Tax cuts don't cost. Government spending costs. And even with the low tax cuts from the previous administration, government still had record revenue. He's nuts. This guy don't even know what he's talking about. That's it. He's, you don't get it. Well, why should they get? They would get their own money. You don't just take money from people and give it to somebody else for nothing. It's called theft. That's what that is. It's theft. Good grief. It's there's this there's such an economic illiteracy. And I'm so tired of hearing, I'm just, it's the same thing year after year where you have the left that promotes this idea that somehow you're getting swindled if someone makes more money than you and gets a bigger tax refund because they pay more in taxes. That is so stupid. I bet I pay more tax, more in taxes than Joe Biden. It's so ridiculous. I'm done with it. Taxation is theft. Abolish the IRS. That should actually be the standard for any Republican candidate going forward in 2024. I'm going to be honest. It, can you commit to that? Will you commit to that? You got to do it. Not just commit to it, because that's even that's even empty. You got to do it. <clears throat> Squirrels are racist. Oh, wait, no. They're victims of racism. I'm not even making this up. PJ Media. Woke biologists claim that even wild animals are suffering from the effects of systemic racism. This is all part of the Marxist critical race theory. Where systemic racism is ever it's a ghost. It's everywhere. It's nowhere. Where is it at? I don't know. And you, it, you, there's no evidence required in order to make the claim. None. And it leads to 
ultimately confiscation of of property and, and income. So the Daily Mail, this is a Daily Mail story. <sighs> a study suggests, ladies and gentlemen, that a woodland, woodland creatures are less likely to be present in minority neighborhoods and their disappearance is making humans sad. A report says that systemic racism has had lasting effects on the structure of cities due to policies in the past. By the way, sidebar, those were Democrat policies from the FDR era. Back to the story. Due to policies in the past that produced racially segregated neighborhoods. Data sees a clear link between the diversity of wildlife and the racial composition of the neighborhoods with a higher number of species in mainly white areas. Well, I know that the, sounds like the animals are racist. They have a picture of a raccoon in a trash can. I'm not even kidding. It's a Getty stock photo. I cannot even believe someone thought that, that was a, oh man, this is so, this is ridiculous. So apparently you, you can't even look at, look at this and, and with any amount of skepticism. So they're saying that there are fewer wild animals in neighborhoods where in cities and that without any at all whatsoever actual attempt at evidence, they say that there are no what there are fewer wild animals, particularly where people of color live, and that it's affecting residents' mental health. Is that why Chicago's violence is so high? Because they have fewer just cities in general. I'm just wondering. That's what seems to be what they're saying here. This is this was published in the Proceedings of National Academy of Sciences. I don't know if that's supposed to mean anything to you. It doesn't to me. They're like, it's peer-reviewed. So, and they said that the practice of redlining essentially drove out woodland creatures for minority neighborhoods, and it has led to negative effects on the mental and physical well-being of minority residents. Um, what? By the way, the fair, it was fair, 68. You had FDR when all this kicked off. Then you had the Fair Housing Act. And... I just, oh my gosh. Systemic racism now. That's, that's what this is. You had a Kamala Harris. PJ Media goes back and says, remember when Kamala Harris appeared at NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center? She had interrupted a presentation to ask if NASA could measure trees in the cause of environmental justice. She literally said, quote, can you measure um, trees? That's where the phrase environmental justice and all this stuff comes from. And the Build Back Better spends $3 billion on tree equity. Our taxpayer dollars. Because in cities where there's more concrete, there are fewer trees. But we're supposed to believe that that isn't because of engineering and planning. It's because of race or something. I don't, I don't know. I, this is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Everything is racist. Now, even the animals. The redlining, that was banned by Fair Housing Act in 68. And that was all Democrat stuff. This, this was all, so now, Demo, I, I just, we're smod. Just have the sweet meteor of death come and strike us all down. Because that's really the only, that's where we're, that's really the only answer, I think, anymore. So even now, the wild animals. We talked a little bit earlier about MSU, the Michigan State uh, shooting. 
and I'm not going to say the killer's name, but wokery is killing people. Restorative justice is killing people. The New York Post. The individual, he had had a pretty sizable record. He had one felony gun charge that was dropped by the progressive DA. The reason, this guy, for all intents and purposes, he was a prohibited possessor. But prosecutors never did anything about it. See, he was able to go out and do what he did. This was back in June of 2019. He had gotten felony weapons charges. But he, they, they allowed him to plead down to just misdemeanor. They ended up dropping the felony charge uh, as a, a part of a deal with the Ingram County District Attorney's Office. That is something else. So he would have been legally barred. And this is the former Ingram County District Attorney, Carol Simeon. And her office was the one that lowered his charges. And he had quite a record. Lowered his charges. Now, he was on probation from October 2019 through May 2021. And they said he had no issues prior. But he... This was something else. So he was carrying a pistol, too. And then Joe Biden comes out there and says, oh, we have to have we got to ban assault weapons. We have to ban assault weapons. He, he was carrying a Ruger. He had a pistol. Not that that matters what type it was. But and they still don't even understand the motive. But we do know that it was restorative justice that allowed this to happen. This stuff is getting people killed. Carol Simeon was the one who decided that oh, I'm not going to she she actually belie- believed that the I'm going to pull this piece up because this is Fox 47. She formalized this new rule. She thought that that certain policy she wanted to ease racial disparity. And she believed that reducing charges for firearm possession, that not doing that would hurt black defendants more. And so, literally, this is what she said. This is an actual quote. She says, quote, When I was elected as prosecutor, my goal was to try and create a more criminal and equitable legal system. Equitable legal system. She wanted to reduce, not crime, but she wanted to reduce what she said was a racial disparity behind bars. She didn't want to reduce crime. They said that they wouldn't even pursue charges from traffic stops. I mean, she she even changed the way. uh, And this is a piece. Let me look at the date on this. Uh, This is from August of 2021. The Fox 47, Channel 47 in that area. They reported that she was changing the way her office deals with felony firearms charges. Michigan created the felony firearm charge in 76 when there was a rise in the state's quote unquote gun violence. And so she reduced, she like worked to push this, push this, push this back. She looked at everything and through the, through the vein of race, which is one of the reasons why they didn't pursue a number of these felony charges, 205 felony charges in 2020 alone that they received. Wow. So. I'm just, she contributed, her policies contributed to this guy killing people. I know that's harsh to say, but it's true. This is where restorative justice goes. 
So how was the community served by this? How were people protected by this? She put people in, I mean, it, it cost three lives. It's just unbelievably stupid and inexcusable. We have uh, more on the way, including some today in stupidity. And apparently Canada has also told New York City to stop sending illegal entrants to our country. Well, why? You're not stopping them from actually entering from the northern border. So I'm just wondering. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. 24. Peak physical condition. Can run circles around me right now. (laughs) (laughs) How did doctor describe what happened to you? Um... Um, that's something I want to stay away from. I know from my experience at the NFL, they do more tests than anything. And in the course of you having your physical, did anybody ever come back with any, say you had a heart issue or anything that was abnormal? Uh, honestly, no. Um, I've always been a, a, a healthy, young, fit, energetic, uh, you know, human being, let alone mm-hmm. athlete. Um, so it, it was something that was just... That we're, we're still processing and I'm still talking through with my doctors just to see what everything was. That was that was wild. Damar Hamlin was asked there by Michael Stranan what reason doctors gave him for his heart stopping, his heart stopping there on field and him collapsing there on live television. That was wild. And he, I don't, I, he clearly did not anticipate having to answer that question like what did the doctors tell you happened now obviously that's making a lot of people wonder and i don't think that you can fault them for wondering had was it the vaccine or the injection because it's not a vaccine and i just as i've said before i'm just not even hearing the objections of people who say how can you talk about that that's their private health Well, you apparently, those people had no objections to how can you ask that? That's their private health. When people were trying to go and just eat out at a restaurant and they were asked whether or not they've had an injection or even flying into a different country that had mandates on injections, nobody asked that. So where's that argument about, oh, it's their private health? I mean, apparently that was not applicable there. That was just, I I feel for him. Holy cow. That and, And that's, he just did not know how to, he did not answer that question. And so there are a lot of questions about that. It just seems like we're having all of these, uh, because it, it, all of, it, we're having just, we see all these issues. And I know that there's, I feel like there's this push in legacy press to mainstream this as an acceptable thing that, that young fit people go through that they have like these cardiac incidents and it is not, that is not mainstream and that is not normal. It's just weird because we're hearing all kinds of stuff now about this. But he was even saying that he had no history of anything and they go through a lot of health checkups. I mean, this is NFL. I mean, you know, he's, he, they go through and they monitor their athletes health. There's nothing that came up. So it does make you wonder 
I mean, he did not want to say. It's kind of hard not to question whether or not it was the injection and whether or not NFL doesn't want that out. Just saying. It's very just, I got questions. I mean, that happened on live television. You cannot, people can't forget that. They don't forget that. I'm glad that he's recovering, you know, but good heavens. There's so many questions still that remain, ans- that remain unanswered about that. And then, and then now you have the uh, child masking. This is a short thing. CDC Director Walensky is telling Congress about child masking. Their advice is not going to change. Listen to this. This is ridiculous. You got my today in stupidity right ahead of me. How oh, is that? that your today in oh. stupidity? Oh, no, we're right on time. S- right on time. Stole it. Well, okay. you just explained it for me. I can't even make it any worse than it already is. So we'll see. Um, oh, no. Yeah, this is bad. Listen. Essentially, we... Uh, oh, let me get it. <laughs> Here we go. That's all right. Very good. You know, our masking guidance doesn't really change um, with time. What it changes with is disease. So when there's a lot of disease in a community, we recommend that those communities and those schools mask. When there's less disease in the community, we recommend that those masks can come off. That they don't do anything. And that's like the least affected demo. So I'm, we're not doing this. We're not doing that. We're not doing it. No more face panties. That's dumb. We're not doing it. Folks, uh, that concludes our program today. Now, make sure you sign up for the newsletter. I got some stuff that's coming out for you later today as well. Uh, And I'll be back behind the mic with you tomorrow. Find us on Facebook. Find us on YouTube, Official Dana Lash. Like and subscribe. Rejoining you tomorrow.